Welcome to the ETOP Podcast with your host, Richard Walsh. I'm a 30-year business-owning veteran, creator of the ETOP Academy, and best-selling author of Escape the Owner Prison, the contract's new way to scale, regain control, and fast-track growth while loving life. My mission to help 10,000 business owners create the freedom in their lives to do what they want, when they want, and still be massively successful. Now, let's hit our topic for the day. All right, welcome to the ETOP podcast. We have got three guests today. Yes, I'm, I'm pushing it out there. Okay, we got three. We're done with the one-on-ones. We're going group stuff for a little while, but it's good. Uh, I want to I introduce uh, our three guests. One is on her second appearance here on the ETOP podcast, which is fantastic, and that is Stacy Padula. Of course, Stacy is an author. She's got two published book series. She's got another one on the way. Uh, she's the owner of Briley and Baxter Publishing. There's a number of other things. If you listen to the previous podcast, which I'm sure you have on Stacy, you kind of get, get what's going on with her. The next is Maddie, Maddie Moore. That's M-A-D-D-Y, just so I don't mess that up. Uh, she's, she's out of the University of Pennsylvania. She's an illustrator. It has been for a little over 10 years. So she's actually started as a teenager, actually freelancing, doing illustration, making money, which I just have a great affiliation for, affiliation, pardon the, pardon the language. Uh, but anyway, she's been doing this since she was a teen, and now she's full-time working, doing illustrating for books, for book series, which she's working with our next guest, which is Brett Gunning. Okay, he's, Brett is a former basketball coach he was 12 years in the as an nba coach 14 years as a college coach also uh so 26 years of coaching on that he started a nonprofit called on the right path right now we're going to get into this and this whole thing so it's really been great so i'm not going to share too much on that uh but brett is has a, a children's book series coming out on character and some other things here uh, regarding of course on the right path so with all that out of the way, my longest introduction ever, and we are gonna we are gonna get right into it. So again, with no further ado, ladies and gentlemen, come on board. How are we doing today? Good, good. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely, great. it's great to have. You. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Brett, uh, Maddie. Every yeah, it's gonna be great to have you. So we're gonna talk about today the the on the right path. You're you're not not for profit, Brett. We're gonna get into this a little bit, kind of on why you started it. Um, all that kind of stuff too. So let me just start with, let's start with Stacy. Stacy, why don't you give a quick synopsis, kind of your background, so people get a better feel for it because I, I didn't do the greatest job on the intro. But <laughs> I always I always like your guests to fill it in because no one knows you better than you. So why don't you start and fill us in and we'll have Maddie go after that. Okay, sure. Um, so my name is Stacey Padula. I'm the author of a couple of different young adult book series. One is called Montgomery Lake High, which is young adult Christian fiction, which was written to help kids learn um, not to turn to drugs and alcohol fulfillment, but instead to turn to God and to find their right path. Um, the next series is called Gripped, which is young adult fiction, which really is about a college football player who ends up with a sports-related injury and an opiate addiction as a result. So it covers his journey towards recovery and just all the people that are affected by his drug abuse and um, just the effects it has on 
relationships and his dreams and so many things. So that one really does focus on how things can fall apart, how good kids can end up in bad situations. And of course, how you can find freedom from that. And then now I'm writing a third series with Brett called On the Right Path, which he'll talk a lot more about. Um, but I'm also the owner of Riley and Baxter Publications, which is in Plymouth, Massachusetts. And I work with authors from a variety of genres and helping them get their books published. Um, our books are available in stores and online at all major retailers. Um, Maddie is illustrating a bunch of different books for our company. So it's wonderful to have her here today to talk about all her projects. Um, I'm also a college counselor by profession. So I work daily with juniors and seniors in high school and their families on the college process. Um, so it's wonderful that I write for a young adult audience that I work daily with young adults. So it helps me keep my books relevant. Fantastic. That is awesome. Okay. Maddie, you are up. Let us know what you're all about. Yeah. Uh, my name is Maddie Moore. Um, as you mentioned, I'm a recent graduate from the University of Pennsylvania. I am currently still in Philadelphia. Um, and I've been doing commission-based illustration for just over 10 years. I started in middle school as kind of a fun hobby. I've always loved to draw. Um, and then as I got into high school and my higher years college, I started to realize that this is something I can make money off of. There's people who want things, you know, like logos and birthday banners, or like, I want to draw my brother for his birthday. And there was just this whole industry there that I'd never really realized. So I set myself up um, as an illustrator. And um, I came from a family of coaches. So coming aboard this project has been the perfect fit for me. After university, I started looking for work and Stacy and I connected and it was just a match made in heaven. As she mentioned, I was doing, I'm now doing a couple of projects with Riley and Baxter, including On the Right Path. Fantastic, I love it. I, I just, I love your enthusiasm too. So it's gonna be a fun, a fun time here today. Uh, Brett, you're up my friend. <laughs> you have me follow those two uh, great uh, introductions, but uh, my name is Brett Gunning, just finished uh, my 26th year in coaching. As you mentioned, uh, I was fortunate to coach in college uh, for 14 years and then the, the, these last 12 uh, in the NBA and uh, decided to take the year off this year, spend time with my family, my beautiful wife, and three, I have three young kids. Uh, and at the same time, I've decided to um, kind of dive into a project I started about a year ago, and that's the creation of a nonprofit called On the Right Path. And the mission of the nonprofit is to guide youth basketball players on the right path to achieving their maximum potential through uh, teaching, education, and mentorship. And um, it's really the culmination of just seeing the kind of the beginning, middle, and end of so many players journeys over the years and I really wanted to just uh, take that wisdom and kind of pour it back into younger kids because in, in the sports and athletic world it's it's so important that kids have a um, solid foundation instilled in them at an early age you know a lot of professions we're, we're given the chance to we're given the chance to figure things out later in life, whereas unfortunately in, in, in the sports world, a lot of times, you know, if, if you haven't kind of separated yourself by your uh, high school age, a lot of times the opportunity is, is, is lost. So thus the, the, 
you know, the focus of this nonprofit is, to, you know, to try to pour into kids at, at as young age as possible to give them the best chance to reach their maximum potential. And, and uh, we're here obviously talking about the book series, um, which was, it was very much God inspired as far as I was one day reading, sitting on my couch, reading a dinosaur book to my three-year-old. And, and it was just a great, simple book about teaching, teaching your child how to become, be a better friend at the park. And I remember closing the book and just feeling in my spirit to, that, that God wanted me to write a book series tied into some of the simple principles of On the Right Path. Um, and that's uh, how we got here today. I was very fortunate to cross paths with Stacy and Maddie as well. And, and we're having so Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I want to talk about that. I love it. I, I love the concept because there's really, there's a, there's a, I have a fascination with simplicity. You know, I love when you, when you can deliver a message simply, right, yet it's still powerful. Um, it's, it's an amazing talent, actually, you know, and I know you guys have, you know, you're, you're sounding like quite the team to be able to do just that. Uh, and I love the, the focus of the not-for-profit the on the right path, you know, because I, you're totally, I think you're totally on point there, Brett, with starting them young, okay, developing character, letting them understand, especially when they have that interest in sports and they're gifted, well, let's say they're gifted, you know, and they're, you know, whatever, high school, you know, middle school, going into, going into high school, that kind of thing, you know, that they, they need someone to come up alongside them who's either been there or can help them because uh, I'm sure there's just a lot of challenges at that time, right? Yeah, and, and I think that's what's, what really has stood out over the 26 years that I've been able to, you know, see kids that make it, see kids that don't make it, see kids that make it for a short time and, and then, they're, and then they're, they're out. You know, the thing that separates the ones that make it versus not, again, talent has to be there, right? Talent, there has to be a, a skill level you know, and, and a ability to do things um, at a high level. But once that is, that, that's a given, but, but what is it that separates all of those kids from who makes it and who doesn't? A lot of the times it's these kids that have, you just, you just know, you just see a, an infrastructure of, of just solid um, life skills, you know, whether it's um, unselfishness or, or discipline, or, um, you know, humility, or being coachable, you know, things like that. But that's what, what really separates guys. And, and, and you know, you, you said it, you know, to me, at the root of what I try to do, it is, it, it, there's a simpleness where everybody can kind of talk about this stuff. And it sounds very simple, but how many people actually have, have these uh, traits down and again i'm speaking of that as a as someone in their 40s you know who's still trying to uh get better at these things and and we're asking kids at, at the age of you know in their teenage years to be able to figure them out um and again within the sports profession if somebody wanted to be, become a lawyer at the age of 40 they could do that no problem right <laughs> you could go to med school at the age of 40 but if you wanted to say, hey, I want to become a high-level athlete, you know, at the age of 40, that, 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 more often than not, that opportunity is long gone. So it's, 
it's it's a lot it's asking a lot for someone in their teenage years to try to figure some of these things out when most people it takes into their 30s and 40s and 50s to figure it out yeah so true i mean they're not you're talking kids right 15 16 14 you know their brains are still developing literally into their early 20s you know so you're you're putting and then you heap some success some admiration, some praise, you put that on top of them. Everyone's building them up, you know, because they're the school heroes, if you will. You know, and they're doing all that. That's a lot for a kid to process, you know, male or female, doesn't matter. You know, that's a lot for someone to process and to keep that when you talked about humility, you know, to understand what that is, what that gifting really is, right? It's got to be a, it's got to be a challenge for so many of them. And I think that's why we see a lot of them maybe go astray as they hit that higher level. Yes, they have the skills, but like you're saying, the, the foundational, the important foundational things are not there. So it makes it very difficult to handle. They're easily swayed, right? And persuaded to do things that maybe they shouldn't be doing that can then shorten their career or end it for all that matter. Um, but then even after, after the sports is done, right. Cause everything comes to an end. Now they have to continue throughout life, you know, and now they're not playing basketball anymore. Now what do they do? Right. So they, they, they need that foundation. That's kind of what you're kind of what you're building. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it's easy to say, you know, on the right path wants to help people become NBA players. That's not really, that's not really our focus at all. Me, me, right. Meaning, the, the, the number of kids where that's going to become the, the end result is, 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 is going to be very small, but, but the developing of these, these life skills, it, it's, there's going to be a greater chance that these things impact these kids as they become uh, leaders, uh, uh, fathers, husbands, things like that. So, you know, using basketball to, to attract kids whose passion is basketball, but really the goal is, you know, yes, these, these life skills we do believe will give kids the chance to achieve their maximum, whether that maximum becomes making their high school team or playing in uh, junior college or division two or, you know, maybe college at a high level or maybe the NBA, but, but really the, the core, the, the core of these skills are going to impact kids for the rest of their life, you know, and we're using the game of basketball to show them kind of comparisons and similarities. Yeah. I like that. It's kind of your gateway, right? It's kind of the opening for you. You know, yeah, that's the icebreaker. Exactly. You know, you're playing, you're playing hoops, exactly. you're doing this stuff. Okay. And it's such a, because I love it because we know the reality of making, you know, the pros, it's a very, very small percentile of all players who are going to make that level. But I love that everything else you're building because sport is a great, it's a great shaper, right? It's a shaper of confidence of, character i can do a lot of things how you win how you lose more importantly how you're able to lose a lot of these things you can train and and i love the crossover into life itself because it's so important you know i was an athlete as well um never did anything well no i didn't do anything pro uh, i got real high level amateur things like that but never you know but that stuff carries with me you know i think i talked to a lot of people i asked like who are some of the great mentors guess what it goes back to coaches you know seven or eight out of ten we'll talk about a coach they had you know, in the business ownership thing, you know, there's someone had a coach of this and they, they remember the exact words they said, right. They remember the influence in that position of authority um, in there. So it's a powerful place to be as a coach, you know, and um, 
you know, that, that is the time to, you know, breathe life into these people, right? To share it and to help them grow. That's, re that's really great. For sure. No, I think, as you said, you know, um, sports has a, has a certain way of, you know, impacting kids. And, uh, you know, there's so many, so many great things, you know, being a part of a team, you know, um, the friendships you gain, you know, playing sports and the competitiveness and the, the ups and downs and the excitement and the adversity and overcoming adversity. There's so many, so many things that uh, sports is able to, to impact in a positive way. Yeah, that's great. So, Stacy, that brings me to you. Okay, since you're a, you know, you're a very experienced writer, how do you convey this? How are you guys going to convey this? Obviously, we don't need specific details, but you're going for a children's book. So we're starting, I don't know what your ages are, start about eight, eight, nine, ten years old, somewhere in there, um, through those teen years. How are you going to convey this? What's the, what's the, basic, the basic approach to convey this in a series of books? So the books, I would say the target age is more like three to five or six to eight. The idea was they would read these books before they became a part of Brett's nonprofit. Um, ultimately, I mean, kids, you know, worldwide can read them. It doesn't mean they're definitely going to go into the On the Right Path program. But the idea is for each book to focus on one life principle, one life skill. So whether it's loving others or, you know, being humble, whichever, you know, one that we're definitely doing six, we might do 12. We were originally thinking 12, but right now I think we're thinking six books. Um, we're going back and forth with that, but um, hopefully, you know, just through the simple messages with the amazing illustrations and the short, you know, it's what, like a 24 page children's book that, a young child will be able to pull a life lesson from that that will impact them. So whether it's, you know, the golden rule or the importance of, you know, taking advice from your elders or whatever the message is, they can apply that to their life as a child, but then it can continue on as they go into middle school and high school and college and so forth. So with each book focusing on one lesson, it's very simple, but it can have a profound impact for sure. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So you're starting even younger. I like that. I like that a lot because that's where they're, they're absorbing everything. Right. Mm -hmm. So you want it, you want to start putting, setting those principles in there at an earlier age. That's great. That I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. So see how smart you guys are. Way smarter yeah. than me. So that's why you're the book person. Uh, but uh, I love that. So, so Maddie, let's go to you on illustration. Okay. Now I got the age group. So I kind of have an idea. What's your, what's your basic concept on this? I know you guys have probably put some stuff together already, but uh, even though we're just talking here in a video, you're not really seeing the pictures. What's the basic theme artistically that you're working towards? Yeah, it's funny um, you talking about simplicity because coming into this project, a lot of the work, the big projects I've done in the past have been with comic books and graphic novels. And those are mediums that are really heavy on details and flash and bang and lighting and all of these really intense moments. And as an artist to step back and kind of strip away all of these layers, you, you know, honestly, sometimes hide behind and really just have these raw, simple pictures was a, a good challenge, but a huge challenge for me. I kind of had to 
bring these characters down to their basic principles and portray them in a way that was, you know, beautiful, simple, something that would be eye catching the young kids, something colorful. It was, it was really out of my comfort zone, kind of in the best way. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that that uh, that's why I was interested in, you know, my son does some comic work, right? He, he's a great drawer, but he's focused more on the story, but he's dealing with someone else, you know, like with someone like you probably who would outsource, you know, the, the stuff. And I was telling me the other day, because I'm an artist as well, I'm a steel sculptor and stuff, but I was explaining the simplicity aspect. And as I grew and got better and better at my sculptures, I'd get those comments about you've really reached a new level, a new level of simplicity that's so more impactful. You know, mm -hmm. I was like, wow, I never even thought I just I just kind of evolved into it. Right. But I didn't realize I was doing that. But that's what it became. So it's there's a lot of power in that. I mean, all the way around everything you guys are doing, I think, you know, now we really understand that age group. You have to be right. Complexity is not going to work. You're not going to teach with complexity at that age level. Right. Yeah. And it's something that. um Many years ago, I read a book, I don't know if you know it, by Scott McCloud. It's called Understanding Comics, and it's like one of my favorite books that I've ever read. It was the foundation of all of my illustrations, and he talks about something called the icon. And it's this artistic principle in which if you draw a detailed face, you know, for example, with long curly black hair, green eyes, a very specific look, you will see that person as a character and you will read the character story and it'll be great. But if you can strip it down to some to the icon, then your reader will imprint their experiences, their lives onto that form, and then they can almost live your story. Wow, that's yeah, that's really interesting. That's way more powerful, right? I mean, when you involve the reader, when the reader becomes a part of the story, I mean, you've taken, you've just made leaps forward, mm -hmm. right? Now you're connecting in a big way. And, and I'll tell you, that's probably the key to having a successful series, right? Yeah, yeah, it really was a challenge, as I said, in a great way to make something that was simple, that was eye-catching, but, you know, every, a face everyone could relate to. Oh, I love that. That's great. Uh, Brett, let me ask you, You've okay, so you're going to come out with a series of books, right? So, whether you do six or 12 or 50, you know, irrelevant right now. But, where you how do they go from the children's book series to actually being involved into your not for profit on the right path? How, how do you make that transition? How do you connect? Yeah, well, again, I think as um, Stacy was mentioning, my nonprofit is focused on 12 life skills and 12 basketball skills and I tried to I tried to tie in uh the life skills with the basketball skills so for example the life skill of hum uh, being humble or having humility I tie that into the basketball skill of screening right screening means instead of kind of worrying about yourself to get a shot you, you say to yourself you know what who can I go and screen for who can I who can I help get open so they get a shot instead of myself so we, we kind of take the, the, the life skill and then say to them this is how you can have humbleness or show humility while you're playing the game of basketball so th there is there is kind of uh, an age group that, that that is geared towards and the this book series um, there's kind of there's six kind of additional life skills that are that are just at a simpler 
kind of uh, point. So again, it goes back to when I when I read that uh, dinosaur book about friendship. I, I think we we have a good market here of impacting kids between the ages of three and kind of that seven range, and then our program starts around the, the eight eight year old range, moving up, you know, through through high school. So again, the, you know, as Stacy mentioned, our first book, the, the the life skill we talk about is just is the simple, the simplicity of love, loving other people, treating other people the way you want to be treated. So the way we go from the kind of the book series to uh, the program, you know, we'll obviously have information in the book series, you know, making them aware of of the uh, nonprofit. Um, And we, you know, and we hope, I know as a parent, um, you know, I'm I'm saying to myself, wow, if if my wife and I will buy a dinosaur book, to teach my son how to, to learn about friendship. We, we sure as heck would buy a basketball book teaching him about treating others as he wants to be treated. So we're hoping that the simplicity of life skills for the ages of three to seven triggers, you know, the kids or their parents to say, you know what, we, we want more. We, we, we want our kids to grow uh, as this program grows. We want them to grow with the program. I think that's great. I think that is a great approach, you know, because again, you remember who's reading the book to their kids, right? They're going to see the, you know, here, yeah. connect more and get more, right? They're going to, they're going to, you know, be sure you just give them a place to go, right? You just got to have that place to go. You know, it's interesting. You're talking about humility, you know, one of the best, the best definitions I ever heard, because people always talk about humble and they, you know, you, you know, some people think it mean you, you just, you know, you kind of talk down about yourself, you put yourself down, you think less of yourself, that kind of thing. And the best thing I ever heard was you don't, you don't think of yourself. How do I say it? I got to, I'm going to mess this up now. You know, it's, it's oh, not you about, say, yeah, you, you don't think of yourself less. You just think less about yourself. That's it's it. Like, like, that's it. You no, said, I, I love that as well. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, it's, it's no, about like, others. You, yeah. You, yeah. You just, like, the point is a lot of times we all get caught uh, got caught up in thinking about ourselves, and and you know what comes from that, right? Selfishness. That and the point is not not to think like as you said. Don't don't be thinking bad about yourself. Just think less about you know. Spend more time thinking about yourself and trying to think about what can you do to help other people, serve other people. And, and I think that's that's a great tie-in to basketball, right? A lot of times people think the only road to success is what can I do? Right. But as a coach and someone who's been a part of the game for years now, the, the, you know, the, the truly great players are the ones that know that at any time they could, they could score, they could get a basket for themselves. But instead they say, you know what? I want, I want to, I want to help someone else get going. I want, I want to help someone else feel good about themselves. I know I'll be fine, you know, but let, let me go, and do something for someone else. And the, and the crazy thing, and, and now this is 26 years of being a part of the game, and, and I just laugh every time I see it. More often than not, when your mindset is, what can I do to help someone else? More often than not, you wind up getting the shot. You, it always finds a way of working itself back to you. It's incredible. <laughs> it's like, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know how it happens. It's, it's the basketball gods at work, but I, I see more guys that, that give of themselves and say, you know what, I, I want to help somebody else. And it always winds up coming back to that person. And it may not be the next play. It may not even be that game, but the next game or the, two games later, you see this, you see this player, 
who, who, who took on this mindset of being unselfish and trying to lift other people up. And here it is. He winds up getting lifted up. It's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. That, you know, it comes back to the team aspect, right? Um, it's, sure. it's, it's an important thing to build. And I think there's a, you know, the lesson of humility is critical in a team aspect. I just, earlier today, I was interviewing, uh, Mike Sorelli and George Randall, they just wrote the talent war, a book about talent, right? Now they're both Navy SEAL. One, one's a Navy SEAL guy who was a Marine, Navy SEAL. The other guy was special forces in the army for 20 years, but now they, you know, EF Overwatch, they, you know, they recruit, they teach people how to recruit and interview, but it's all based on character and talent and potential, right? So they have a fascinating look at how they do this. And it, I was, talking to them about this knowing i'm going to talk to you today i'm like this is so like it's exactly the same you know what i mean you're starting at that young age you're working with this stuff but you know the team aspect and that that sacrificing for the team you know and not being just a standout guy you know is so important and they were saying exactly the same thing which is interesting even in the combat situations everything else you've got this you've got this give and take you know with a lot of give a lot less take, but it does all come back around. So what you're saying is true. It's just, it's just a, it's kind of a law of reciprocity in a sense, right? You know, you're giving, but I think teammates appreciate that too, because it's respect, it's confidence in that person's ability. You know, when you're giving them the shot, you know, you're dishing off, you're giving them that shot, they're able to take it and make it. I mean, that's what, that's when you get the great teams, right? Because they can all work together as one. Yeah. And, and again, what, what I'm so excited about, the nonprofit in this project that we're doing as well is, you know, the, these are things that most people need to, some time to figure out, meaning they have to go, they've got to go down the wrong road to figure out, wait a second, this, this, this isn't the way it's supposed to happen. This isn't the way you're supposed to treat people. This isn't the way, you know, so what I'm excited about is I just, I believe that, you can, why can't we get this information to kids at the youngest of age possible? Now, again, I understand that uh, it takes time, right? Uh, an eight-year-old is not going to understand, is going to understand the wisdom of a 38-year-old. But we can sure as heck try to get, if, by, by keeping things simple, we can, we can try to get um, wisdom to kids at a younger age. I, I, I just believe that. I, 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 and and that's, that's the mission of what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to help kids at the youngest, youngest of age possible to figure things out. And that will give them the best chance of them reaching their potential, right? Again, there's many examples of players in particular that don't reach their potential. And one of the reasons is because they figure it out too late. So if we can help them figure it out early, then there's, we're giving them their best chance of making, of reaching their potential. Yeah, that's powerful. And never underestimate the ability for small children to catch, right. To catch these things that are being taught, even just, that's why reading the book, they don't think they're being taught. Having a story read to them, but believe me, they're going to assimilate this. This is going to come in as you repeat it, and maybe their favorite story, maybe the next book or the next book. But as this stuff is 
that's what we do right in our homes as, as fathers, okay? Husbands, wives, things like that. As we raise a family, it's about what they see on the walls in the house, right? Do they see pictures of the family? Do I have Bible verses on the wall? Do I have this? You know, what do we teach them? What do they, does, does dad go to work every day? You know, I mean, they, they catch a lot. Right. And it, this is all building from those young ages. So it's really important that you can add this additional fuel to that learning is really important. So really, I'm really I really love the whole concept with the books and what it is, you know, that you guys are going to put together here because it's a real learning opportunity. That's that's I don't want to use the word disguised, but it's it's simplistically put in a, you know, whatever you said, 12, 15, 20 page children's book. You know, but it's powerful. And you, you, I think you only know through the test of time, right? If this thing's someone, you know, 15 years from now, 20 years, you have some guy, I read your books as a kid. You know, <laughs> my dad used to read those and you'll be like, it was all worth it. <laughs> but, but you never know, right? You never know the impact of those. Let, let me, let me ask Stacy real quick, Stacy, you could, because you've been in the, you've written books for quite some time now on those. Do you get feedback like that? from people who maybe read your book 10 years ago and things like that, you maybe run into them or you get emails and things like that. Does that, does that happen very often for you? Yeah. You know, I had recently an experience was maybe a, a year or so ago that kind of just completely blew my mind and totally blessed me. But my, so my cousin was working um, as an assistant at a, um, a psychiatric hospital in our, in our area, not in my town or anything, but in our area. And she was in a meeting and she kind of leaned forward and on her arm, she has um, a Bible verse from Ephesians tattooed. And the mother who was in the meeting with the young, um, the teenage girl who was, who was in there being counseled. And, and my, my cousin is not a counselor, but she was assisting the counselor and something. And when the mother saw the Bible verse, um, she said, oh my gosh, she said, that was my son's life verse, she said, and today um, is his maybe two, I forget, two or three year anniversary since his death. I guess he had been killed in maybe an accident or something, something really sad. And she found so much comfort from seeing that. So because of that, she really opened up and so did the daughter to my cousin. And my cousin said to her, um, so what made you realize that you needed to get help? Like what brought you here, if you don't mind me asking? And the girl said, well, I don't know if you've ever heard about this author, um, Stacy Padula, but she writes these books for, for teens and my librarian recommended them to me at my school. And when I was reading them and seeing what the kids were going through, it really made me realize, you know, that I'm not alone and that this is something I could recover from and I could get help for. And she's like, have you ever heard of her? And then my cousin was like, yeah, that's my cousin. So it was such a cool story because I mean, I had no idea there were librarians out there recommending you know, my books at schools to kids and just to know that that's what helped get that girl who was suffering internally with so much pain, um, helping her, encouraging her to go get um, the help that she needed and that it came from reading my books. It really was such a, just such an amazing story. And just the fact that my cousin happened to be there. So I would know that story, you know, was what was just even more amazing. So things like that happened, that, that story really blew my mind though. Yeah, that's see, and it's like, you know, then you're like, it doesn't, you know, it, it makes it all worth everything, 
You know what I mean? I mean, just even touching one life like that is just incredible, you know, to be able to do something like that with it, with your writing and uh, how you're reaching out. Uh, Maddie, on that with you, I know you, you know, illustrating, I don't know if you've got any stories like that. You probably do the touching illustration you've done at one time or another, but uh, you know, you get to impact people because visually, you know, the old adage of a picture is worth a thousand words, you know, what, what's your experience in that in, in the communication aspect? I know we talked about the iconic figure and stuff like that, but what about, what about that? What about the impact? What kind of feedback do you get on the impact when you're illustrating books or doing other freelance work? Yeah, it's um, interesting. I do have some similar stories to Stacy. That's a really beautiful story. I didn't know that. It's very cool. Um, so a lot of the illustration I did through high school, middle school, I published on a lot of art specific websites and that's kind of very accessible for people to comment under it, favorite your pictures, give you real time feedback. Um, and it's interesting starting so young and then writing for young people. I kind of found myself in the shoes of the people I'm writing for more often than not. And looking back on the comics that I've written, I kind of can see it as a roadmap of my own life, the highs and lows, um, which is really kind of grounding for me to look back on my own work, but then to have, I mean, there's been a few, I don't have a specific one like um, Stacy, but I've had people kind of in my low moments where I am a little more vulnerable in what I draw and what I write about. I mean, everyone has a sad story. And then when someone reaches out to you and say, you know, this real close shot of this character's eye, you know, in that moment, just before, you know, a breaking point just really spoke to me. And that is by far the, the, the biggest compliment you can have as an artist to capture that kind of emotion and that kind of um, rawness to have anyone reach out to you and say either, you know, your story helped me in a time of crisis, or you showed me it was okay to feel this way. It's, it's, it makes me step back from my computer for a minute and kind of look back and think, wow, that's, you know, what I'm doing actually means something. It's really, really cool. Yeah, that's got to be inspiring, to say the least, you know what I mean? But sometimes we don't know, right? We've got a gift. We're out there sharing a thing. We don't really know the impact. I think that's like what we're saying to Brett about the stories, humility, about all these character traits and everything else and get into these people when they're young. Um, I think... The thing about anything when you're planting seeds, right? They're sowing seeds. It's all about the fruit later. It doesn't, sure. you don't plant a seed and get fruit, you know, tomorrow. You got to water, you got to nurture, it's going to grow. Maybe it's the fourth year, the fifth year, the seventh year. You don't know. But I think the importance, I love what you guys are doing because Stacey with your books, uh, Maddie with your illustrating, Brett with what you're creating here, you guys are planting seeds. I mean, you're sowing seeds. I think, I think the fruit's going to be reaped in a big way going forward. You know what I mean? To make an impact like that, uh, to have that medium to make an impact like that is really powerful, you know, and you really can't under undervalue it or underestimate the impact that it's potentially going to have, because I think it'll be a big one. Thank you. You bet. So what's the, you know, I know you're talking, it's going to be a couple months before you, these are going to be out. Are you looking at, uh, were you talking maybe March, April, something like that? When, when's your guys' tentative release date on the first book? Um. Brett, I know we talked the other day, we're waiting to fine tune a couple details um, inside the book, but it's coming, I mean, it's coming right along. I think there's no reason why it shouldn't be out within two months. That's great. I, I like setting deadlines for people. So I just, I just, <laughs> I, I, I want it on my desk by March 15th. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. No, that's that's great. So you guys, I'm, I'm excited. So how long have you totally been working on the project? When did you guys all kind of collaborate here and start making this happen? What's What's been the time frame on that? Brad, I think, was it like June when we connected? Yeah. Yeah. Again, it was quarantine life and I was sitting on my couch and reading the book. And like I said, God put in my spirit and uh, my, my nephew, um, Dave had a friendship with Stacy and just like that, one conversation turned into, uh, this idea and we were on it pretty quick. So yeah, but so it, you know, from first phone call to completion will be, uh, less than, less than a year. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I love doers. I love doers. I'm a doer. I like to get things done, you know, get that idea and make it happen. I do it with my book. I'm going to write a book. Okay, I'll do an outline. Now oh, I wrote the book. A month later, I got the editor hitting it, and here we go. You know, so I like to, I like to get things done. So I, I appreciate the, you know, the effort you got to put into it, though. I don't know how well I do children's books. So I give you guys one up on that. Uh, but that's because it's a, I think it's a challenging, I think it's a challenging age group, like I said, with the simplicity aspect, the mindset, everything. I mean, I just, I, I'm excited to see them. I really am. You know, my kids are a little past that age, but I got friends. I got a church. We can bring them. I think I'm going to get them for the church and put them in there. It'll be a good thing. So, uh, yeah, I love it, man. So what else can you guys tell me about the series, about what else is going to go forward, kind of fill us in, anything other cool updates, anything else you want to want to hit on it regarding the books? Dead silence. We got dead <laughs> silence. Fred, yeah. is there anything you want to share about it? I can think of a couple of things. But... Yeah, no, you go ahead and I'll follow. I'll follow up after you. Um, okay. Well, so the story takes place in New York City. And I think Maddie did an amazing job with drawing the graphics and, and just making it just so authentic to the New York childhood experience. Um, I have... Um, an intern who's from New York City, and um, she was also a, a client of mine with the college consulting, and just everything that she shared with me about growing up in the city, I, I do think that was portrayed very accurately by the illustrations that Maddie did. Um, I love, love the way the illustrations came out, Maddie, and anyone who I've shown them to, whether it's, you know, my husband or my mother, um, they're just blown away by the, by the work. So I do think kids are going to really relate to the story and really uh, be intrigued by the scenes that are drawn. Um, and then <laughs> also too, like what you were just saying about the simplicity, that was a big challenge for me um, to write for a younger audience because I mean, I daily work with teenagers. I write for teenagers. I teach Bible studies on these super deep books like I'm a very intuitive deep thinking person so for me that was a huge challenge to strip it down and make sure like I'm getting this message across in a straightforward way with words that kids are going to understand and it was it blew my mind at how much of a challenge it was to kind of strip away the metaphor and the simile and all these things that I normally use in my own writing um, just to try to reach children. And it's funny because I've always said, you know, I love working with teenagers and like, because I, 
they've already learned all the fundamental academic stuff. So when I go to tutor them on the SAT and the ACT and things like that, I'm just doing the complex things. Because to me, the complex things for some reason are, are easier. So um, it's definitely been like a, a challenge, but in such a great way, just like what Maddie was saying, uh, a challenge to really expand my skill set and put myself in the shoes of a child and think about me as a child and how I would respond to things. And I loved that it made me think so much and just think in such a different way than I normally have to do to write my books. Cause I'm also in the middle of writing my 10th book for young adults. Um, it's the fifth book in my group series. And, you know, I dive right into that and I'm just in the zone writing and, you know, my regular normal language. And, you know, I'm always talking to teenagers anyway. So it just all comes very naturally. But with this, um, with this book series, I think it's challenged me, but in a very excellent way. And I, um, I always pray before I write, I pray for God to give me the words and I dive into things knowing that he's going to do that. And I feel with this story, um, he absolutely did that because it's certainly something outside of my comfort zone, but it, it came out and I really am happy with the story. I think it's going to impact kids and teach a wonderful, wonderful lesson. So yeah, I don't know, Brett, do you have um, anything to add? Yeah, and I would just say, you know, we, we thought about kind of the, the big picture story to this before we even kind of dove into the first one. And what, what I mean by that is the, the setting for the story takes place where, kid, you know, uh, some kids they're, uh, are going to a basketball camp and kind of each book is going to dive into a life skill. But the way we get to that life skill and, and, and you know, you mentioned this earlier about how people refer back to teachers or coaches that impacted them. Well, for me, you know, one of the people who impacted my life the most was by, by a coach uh, by the name of Roly Massimino, who's a legendary college basketball coach at, from Villanova University. Uh, led them to win a national championship back in the 80s. And he, what he used to do every day before practice was he would have uh, written on his practice plan, he would have uh, written thought of the day. And he would uh, get, the, get the group together, get the players together. And before we even did anything basketball-wise, he would, he would hit everybody on, on a, a simple thought for the day. And it could be anything. It could be a story. It could be... Um, you know, he could be talking about something that's happening, happened that day or, you know, a motivational story or inspirational piece. And and that that was indebted in my mind to the point now we're here, we're doing this book series and basically the kids go to camp and the coach at the camp talks to the kids about a thought of the day. And I think that's how we're hoping to keep a little bit of a consistency as the series goes on where you know, we'll, we'll, we'll change up little things here and there, but the, the, the core of the books will be, you know, they're at camp, they're at a basketball camp, but they're learning from their coach a, a, a thought of the day. And that will turn into a kind of the life skill. And I think, um, you know, our hope is that that simple message coming from the coach is, is, is something that will be able to impact these kids. Yeah, I like that. That's, I mean, it's, it's powerful stuff. I, 
I, you know, one thing I gather from the whole conversation today is you guys have all gotten out of your comfort zones. Okay. Every one of you from Maddie, you, Stacy, Brett, you've all, you're doing things you haven't done. You've had to re kind of think you've had to really push yourselves and challenge yourselves, but that's where greatness happens. You know, that's really where the big achievements happen, not just when you're comfortable and you've done this and now you got a nice track record. But, you know, I, I love that you guys are kind of stretching. You're reaching out, bringing, you know, new things to a really a new audience. It's amazing. I think, Stacy, for you, again, going to a younger audience now, you could have stuck with where you're at, which you still do. I'm not saying you don't do that, obviously, getting mm -hmm. more books coming out. But when you do that, you know, you, you really kind of you open yourselves to so much growth and learning and the ability and people get that, you know what I mean? They're going to sense that they're going to feel that. And there's going to be a great appreciation for that in you. So I, I just commend you on that because a lot of people are, they're not comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, you got to, got to get used to that because it's important. Mm -hmm. Love it. Uh, well, let's, let's do this. How can we, kind of follow along. I know we're getting ready for the release. We said a couple months. I said March 15th, but that's probably not going to happen. So we're going to, we're not going to go on my timetable, but I want to put it in the show notes. I want people to be able to maybe follow you guys, see where you're at, kind of, you know, watch the journey here, maybe get this stuff for their own kids as it comes out and everything else. So whoever, I don't know who wants to give the information, but of course I'll have it in my show notes, but if you want to give it here on the podcast, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think that our interior layout should all be of the book. I mean, in the cover, everything should be finished within a month. Um, and then it just has to go into production and review. And so, I mean, that's why I'm saying, you know, about two months probably. So, you know, between maybe April 1st and April 15th, something that would be a good estimate. Okay, yeah, great. Is be, I was going to say that'll be good because that's kind of right heading into, uh, you know, NCAA tournament from a college standpoint, it, it's, it's an important time of the year basketball wise. And, and also it'll be heading into the end of the NBA season and the playoffs, you know, so there will be a lot of kind of basketball going on at that time. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to get some, get some good uh, support as well, as far as the time, just the time of the year is going to be a, you know, high level from basketball standpoint. Yeah, that's that's good timing. Actually, that's I'm sure you planned it that way, but that's uh, that's 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 good timing. You you want to tie those things together and kind of that's a good time to launch. I think that's awesome. Maddie, how about you? Give us give us a little feedback here. Yeah, what? I mean these two are kind of the brains of the operation with the planning and the logistics. I kind of just pretty it up at the end, but um, the only place um, from my standpoint where you can kind of keep up with me and the project is on my website maddiemore.art you can follow the projects i'm currently working on on the projects page and whenever i hear updates i will post them there fantastic that's all good so again i'll put all this stuff in the show notes you know i'll do a little write-up on this whole thing because i just i love what you guys are doing i and i totally appreciate you guys taking time out of your schedules to be with me and uh share share what you got going on uh the on the right path you know nonprofit Brett is fantastic. I hope you, I just wish you the most success. I think it's going to blossom into something pretty big. I really do. I think it's going to, it's going to go way further than you thought again, because I think you stretched, you made this stuff happen. You're starting at a really cool place. Um, and I think there's going to be just so much. I can see where this thing can go, you know, so I'm just, I'm, I'm you know, hoping and praying the best for you, man. I hope that, I hope it really, really works out well. 
I appreciate that. And again, you said it earlier, but the goal is to help one person. And if that, if that grows into more then it's, we're fortunate. But I think when you, you know, we keep saying the word simplicity, but it, it's when you can take what you're passionate about, whether, you know, what Maddie's passion is or Stacy's or mine or yours, when you can take your passion and look uh, to just help other people or serve other people with that, that's all that matters. Whether you impact one, a hundred, a thousand, 10,000, uh, that, that, that really doesn't matter. It's just, you know, keeping it at the core of just wanting to, you know, just impact one person that that's what matters. Yeah. It's, it's servant leadership. I mean, that's, that's what it's about. It's a term used more and more now, but that's, that's what it is. You know, you're still leading, you're helping, but you're serving, you know, and that's, that's the most important thing about leadership is serving those, you know, those around you. So uh, I, I love it. I, I love the whole concept. So uh, again, thank you so much guys for being on. I totally appreciate it. I can't wait to get this episode published get in the hands of everyone so they can hear the story and get excited about the books coming out and uh, kind of share the story and everything else you guys are doing. So again, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the ETOP podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you liked what you've heard, please leave a great review for us. Your subscription and review helps us reach more people so we can show them how to escape the owner prison. Also, check out the links in the show notes about today's guests and more ways to connect with ETOP on social media. Stay strong and keep moving forward with your business.